With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Create Your Bliss with Nika Annan. Today we have this fabulous opportunity to talk to Liv Wheeler. Liv Wheeler is a shamanic practitioner. She is a bridge, a conduit of wisdom and guidance from the other side. Liv helps people to connect with their loved ones as well as spiritual guardians and allies on the other side. A realm that she is particularly connected with is the Contemblé realm, the dimension of the little people. She is a voice for the little people, a Contemblé voice diviner, transmitting their wisdom and guidance to people on this side. She does this through one-on-one phone sessions, as well as working with larger groups of people who gather to hear from the little people. Her passion is guiding others to remember their life's purpose and encourage them to step fully into it. Welcome, Liv. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you, Nika. It's so nice to meet with you. This has been a wonderful connection. Liv has had quite an adventure in in finding how she is a bridge, which includes a lot of travel and a lot of journeys. And I would just like to ask her to share from her heart how she stepped into her life's purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for specifying from from my heart, because um, yeah, my life's uh, coming into my life's work has had a lot to do with learning how to follow my heart. Um, yeah, so I could say basically, I started out when I was younger, um, coming into a career a career path. I was actually a court reporter, a stenographer. When I was, <laughs> it was so random, right? When I was in my early twenties, but that was when I was still kind of uh, in or in heavy conditioning of the culture and you know my parents and whatnot. And so basically, I, I learned what it feels like to walk a path or walk in shoes that are not mine. And I had, you know, that was really good learning for me. And it felt um, so kind of disturbing to my soul um, that I made the commitment to myself to really, you know, to to find my own shoes, to walk in my own shoes. And so when I was um, 23, I moved to the San Francisco Bay Area and just followed, you know, I started, began following my heart and listening to my heart and really committing to that and seeing where my heart guided me, you know, my heart and my intuition and, you know, one, th- one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. Um, and basically by following my intuition and by listening to my heart, then I was guided into um, a path of healing, basically, you know, going and studying many, many different forms of healing from, you know, like the denser layers of body work and yoga and into different forms of energy healing, Reiki and Hunan. Um, and then going into the psychic spiritual 
and it guided me basically, or I would say that was spirit that was guiding me into my path of, uh, for lack of a better word, shamanic, you know, shamanic work, the shamanic path. And, um, and so that led me to a couple medicine teachers and then eventually to my primary teacher, Maladoma Somme. Um, yeah, and it's been, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> <laughs> It's been quite a journey. How did you connect with Melodoma Somme, and what was that experience like? Can you talk a little bit about the the context and what took you to him specifically? Because I think it's very interesting how we find our yeah. our teachers or our guides or the people who lead us right. to the next step on our path. Yeah, it was actually pretty interesting. Um, so I was in this year-long training with a woman named Sylvia, this, you know, this uh, great teacher. She was really an awesome teacher. Um, so she, it was, you know, a shamanic training and, um, and I loved it and I wanted to continue. Um, but she was really just taking people through one year of training. And at the end, she was telling the people in the group, if you're interested in going further, here's a list of books, you know, different shamans that you might be interested in reading. And for no particular reason, I guess just basically intuitive, I wrote down Maladama's book of Water and the Spirit. So I jotted that down and it was, you know, basically intuitive. And, um, and I actually forgot to get the book. And then a couple weeks later, my friend Lois from France had stopped by when I was living in Berkeley. And he and I went for a walk. We were walking to my friend Ajwa's house. And he started talking about this book that he was reading. And I was asking what the book was. And he was saying, oh, it's of water in the spirit. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay, this isn't a super common book. <laughs> you know, it's like slightly obscure. And so I was like, oh, thank you for reminding me. I was wanting to to get that book and he said oh you probably could borrow from Ajwa she found it on the street and wow. that's whose house we were walking to and so it kind of you know fell on my lap so to speak but I started reading the book and I was completely completely blown away and I you know I tore through the book I read it in maybe two days and I just had this strong strong feeling I just knew I was meeting my teacher and and it was just a matter of like, where is he, you know, where is he located? And I'm, that's my teacher. And, um, and so, you know, I looked him up online and I saw that he was teaching a three-year training um, that would conclude in a trip to Burkina Faso. And um, anyway, it was just everything. Spirit was just fully, you know, there, that's your teacher, go there. And, um, and so that began that journey, which, um, you know, after three years of working with him, he asked me to come back and assist. And so it was kind of like apprenticing for an additional four, four or five years after studying with him. So I was working with him for a while and, um, and then, you know, going to Burkina Faso and working, just kind of immersing in the culture there and working with the different um, diviners and medicine people there in Burkina Faso. That must have been a wonderful and life-changing experience. 
That was definitely, yeah, that's definitely been a wonderful and life-changing experience. Seemingly, every time I go there, um, I, I absolutely adore, 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 adore the people of Burkina. I love the culture there so much. And, um, you know, it's so interesting coming from a culture. You and I were talking about this before, Nika, where, you know, here we are, at least in the mainstream culture here, that tries to behave as if spirit isn't real. And there I hop on a plane and I go into this other culture that's very, very rooted. And they've never come away from that understanding or that awareness. It's not a question, is spirit real? Everybody knows spirit is real. And they have these very rich practices um, that really they've never, you know, completely come uprooted. You know, they're super, super rooted traditions. Um, so it's such, oh my gosh, it's such a gift to be able to spend time there and I just soak it up and it, and it seems like it, um, it kind of wakes up the dormant memories, the dormant energies in my own system. And, Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it, it is, it's, it's, it's been so life changing and I, um, yeah, I have, such such respect for the people there and how how is it that you're a bridge what is that how does that work i think i think there's a lot of us who are bridge people but can you talk a little bit about Sure, sure, yeah, and even, um, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but even using the language, you know, shamanic or shamanism and all of that, you know, that means so many different things to um, so many different people, and my personal experience of um, being a bridge is, you know, there's some way that I'm wired where they talk to me, you know, mm-hmm. when I say they, I mean, ancestors and various spirits, they talk to me. And right now they're making my, you know, they're tingling my head. And so, you know, sometimes they get my attention through tingling my head and it's basically, you know, they're coming in close with me right now as I'm talking to you. Um, and so, uh, so I'll work with people. I do sessions and sometimes they're, you know, sometimes they're doing a session because they want to to be in touch with their ancestor or their parent or somebody that's on the other side. Sometimes, you know, that's the work that I'm doing with people. And then a, a lot of times these days, the work that I'm doing or the kind of bridge that I'm being is specifically with a realm or a dimension that's called the Contumble realm mm-hmm. um, that that's the the people of Burkina Faso, the Dagara people, the the tribe that Maladoma comes from. Um, that's their word, or that's their name for the little people. You know, the little people, um, like the little people in Ireland that would be named leprechauns, or in Hawaii they would be named the Menehune. Yes. So. Um, that's a, a realm or a dimension that I'm particularly close with. 
And, um, and so like you were mentioning in the, in your introduction of me that I'm what's called a contemplative voice diviner. And so that's one way that I'm a bridge and I, I bridge or I link with that realm or that dimension of little people that they have uh, great wisdom and um, and so they they'll they'll look through my eyes at the person that I'm working with and they'll tell that person things about their life and about their path and um, yeah like that. I'd like to, you said they were tingling your head, I'd just like to welcome them anywhere mm -hmm. they'd like to participate. I'd like to acknowledge their presence and thank them for coming. Thank you. And um, thank you as well. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and how, I guess a couple of questions. Because you work with a predominantly, I'm, in, I'm assuming a predominantly Western group of people, but people who are drawn to what it is that you do and may be brought to you by the contemplé. Um, how do you find people respond to this? I mean, I'm sure there's a wide range. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what, are, what is your... What is this side of the bridge like for you? <laughs> I know the other side is very, and we can talk about that too, uh, a very joyous honor. Mm. Right. Right. So just to make sure I understand your question, you're asking how it is, how is it received by people on this side? Right. And how, right. yeah. And how does that feel to you as a, as a person? Um, yeah. And how is it received? What are they, what do they come looking for? Uh huh. How does it change their lives perhaps? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, okay. So Something I'll say, and it's it's um, it's a process that I'm in right now, where um, I sometimes wonder. Okay, so there's a, a couple of different ways that I divine in the contemplative voice divination. In my personal opinion, mm -hmm. um, I if I could imagine being on the other side of it, the recipient, I feel like you know, well, clearly you're having a, an experience with the other world. That's the way it feels to me, you know. Right. The constantly they come through and they're speaking in their own tongue, their own language, you know. is it To me, it's an otherworldly experience. Um, the other forms of divination that I do where it's more like talking, you know, it's more uh, maybe um, easier to digest in some ways, right? It doesn't, it's not so confronting. Um, of our beliefs of whether the other world is real in the first place. So, you know, there's a whole, whole, a whole variety of, <laughs> of reaction. <laughs> there's a whole variety of, <laughs> of um, the way, ways that people receive it on the other side. Um, hopefully, you know, hopefully it goes well. <laughs> and a lot of times, a lot of times it does, it, it does seem to be a, a, a profound experience for people. And sometimes to be perfectly honest with you, I think it can be a, a little much for mm -hmm. some people too. And that's why I say I'm in the process of wondering, um, 
you know, perhaps there might be a, a step before this, um, before somebody's connecting with the cantamble, it, it might be a, a bit easier to digest for somebody who's who already has some relationship or connection with with the spirit world, where they already, you know, understand that that's real. And then I, I feel like it's a little bit easier for that person to digest. Um, that's you know very beautiful. That, no, that's very beautiful. And to sort of prepare, almost as it were, prepare the ground for the yeah. seeds that the spirit world has to offer them so it's not a, a shock. It's not like a thunderstorm. It's a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm kind of in that process right now of thinking there might be, you know, I feel like it's probably, you know, it's it's a bit easier to digest for somebody who's already... Um, yeah, has uh, some sort of working connection with with the spirit world, and you know, and then yes, like that. So, so did you? How do I say this? Did they talk to you before you knew who it was that was talking to you? <laughs> yes. Yes. The Tomley. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they talked to me before I knew who it was that was talking to me, and. It's been it's been a rough learning. <laughs> it's been it's been kind of rough and tumble a little bit because during the process when I was a student of Maladoma's, um, you know, for example, they they I don't know how else to say this. They activated the stick for me, so I'm a stick diviner as well. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they move the stick in these various ways, and it's how they communicate. Um, and they did that on their own. And then the first time I went to Africa to Burkina Faso and the first Quintomli uh, uh, diviner that I was sitting with, basically the Quintomli were coming through her and yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I get yelled at by them a lot <laughs> because they were saying, you know, here you are, you're using our tool and you're not giving us credit for it. Well, Okay, so Maladema was the translator in this. Mm -hmm. The first person that I told when the stick, you know, started working, so to speak, was I went to Maladema and I said, ah, they're kind of coming through the stick. Well, okay, so anyway, let's say it was a frustrating process. <laughs> and so I'm apologizing to the consultant. Oh, I'm really sorry. I, although I know you, I don't know you. And I'm, I'm doing my best here, you know. I'm doing my best. And so in many ways, it's felt like, you know, I'm in a dark room and I'm feeling around, you know, and I'm feeling, oh, okay, you know, I'm putting my hands in front of me and, oh, there's something there. And so, you know, in some ways, I, I've, I've felt like that a lot of the time, like I'm feeling my way in the dark. And, and I haven't, you know, although uh, Maladoma has definitely been, you know, like my, my predominant teacher and everything but he gives a lot of space for people to figure things out on their own you know so um so it's been in some ways it's you know it's been it's been a, a challenging path really in ways and i'm and i'm a baby in the path you know i'm a baby meaning um it's it's a lifetime learning that's the way I, I see it. It's a it's a lifetime of learning or a lifetime of remembering. And I'm just a baby on the path. 
Um, but I'm doing my best. Well, I think, too, that there's that place that they... <clears throat> um, that it's also a different experience for spirit to talk to people who don't have the rituals and the language mm -hmm. with people. So I think that was kind of, uh, I, I'm realizing now part of that question about how is it received. It's like, mm. how do you honor them mm. with people who don't even know that they're there? <laughs> so true. And that puts you in a very interesting position. And here you are, a, a responsive and eager recipient. And at the same time, not knowing, coming from a culture where you don't talk about those things, yeah. how do you honor them? It's so true. Yeah, I really appreciate your question. It's like, um, it, it, it makes me feel sad in my heart really a little bit um, because in a way, it's like they don't have a place in this culture. Do you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, they've been relegated to fairy tales and everything else and they're they're real and they're 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 mighty, you know, they're very powerful. And it, it really makes it makes me sad, um, because it's it's as if there's not a place for them. And so I feel so grateful when I get to work with people who who do honor them. You know, mm -hmm. and even if they don't really understand them, they still honor them. And I feel so grateful when I get to work with people like that. Um, it, it, it's like my heart can just sigh, you know, or my heart can just exhale. Like, oh, that feels so good. And, you know, I was working with a, a native, was well, a friend. I was working with him the other day. And he, I say native because that's, that's the background or that's the context that he's drawing from. So even though it's here, same land, right? We're mm -hmm. both walking on the same land, but completely different cultural experiences. And he, he himself, you know, had worked with, has or had worked with the little people. Um, they would have a different name for them mm -hmm. um, for some years. So he already had a working connection with them. So that already I could like, oh, exhale. He had never experienced them in the way that they connect, you know, through me where they're talking, you know, specifically in their language and their tongue. And so they were, you know, they were coming through and they were working with him or they were, you know, telling him things. And afterwards, after the session was complete, he was asking me, um, he was kind of, he was, he was surprised in a way that, uh, you know, for one, that it could all happen over the phone. Mm -hmm. And for another, he was asking me in a very sincere way, like, how are you doing this? In our culture, a, you know, a medicine person or a person who's carrying medicine similar to this would have, you know, gatekeepers and, you know, these different roles and, you know, people tending various um, gates spiritually so that you can do what you do. And he was asking me that, and I don't have a, I didn't have an answer, and I don't have you know because it's it's again where I feel like I'm kind of feeling around in the dark, you know where this is. I don't have an answer. I'm just like I don't know. I'm doing my best. <laughs> so that's that's a you know that's a different you know that's a person who has already a context, you know, 
he's coming from a context, a, right. a framework. Anyway. So my understanding of that is those of us that they um, send out to do that kind of work live, mm -hmm. they retain the responsibility of a gatekeeper depending on the quality of heart mm -hmm. so that um, because because there's a very it's a very new world for all of us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I feel that what what you're doing here is introducing to people the reality of this and the option of doing this and the experience of doing this at their behest and so since it's at their behest they are doing the protective work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know I appreciate what you say Nika about it's it's a very new world um, I appreciate that I was thinking about that this morning um, yeah, here we are. We're in a new world. Yeah, it's a new world. Yeah, I really appreciate that. That strikes a chord with me or that resonates from what I'm feeling right now, too. That it's this, you know, there's like a cultural convergence. And, you know, and there's something interesting, too, that I will say about the Contemple is that they... Okay, so there's two, two sides of the coin. One side of the coin is, so I've heard, so I've heard um, the original stories of the little people, so I've heard is that they were, they're kind of like the originators. You know, they were some of the first people. They're mm -hmm. ancient, right? And they were, so I've heard, um, it's almost like the bringers of tradition, of um, you know, of what would be like the textiles or the, um, the patterning, the songs, they're the, like the originators of tradition. So this is, this is interesting because, and a friend and I were actually doing a lot of research into, you know, the stories of the little people around the globe, you know, mm -hmm. just, um, we're doing a lot of research right now. So, um, and that, and what I have experienced from a, like a personal or a direct experience of the Contemple is that they are. I always want to say like they're at the cutting edge. You know, they're at the cutting edge. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna always bring change. Mm -hmm. Always gonna. They're, that's what I want to say. It. They're gonna always bring change. And so it's interesting. There's something in there with what you just said about this, like, this new world that we're living in, and, um, yeah, it's, it's somehow, it's, it's unformulated in myself right now, because I can just sense it, um, but it's somehow where all these waves are coming together, and, and there's a role that the Contemple have in this as well, it's unformulated, because this is the first time that I'm really touching into the energy with you. And I, I have learned through my life that um, they have done this many times, taught, mm -hmm. taught humans how to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And so 
I think it, it was interesting because when you were talking about your experience in the Dagara tribe of Burkina Faso, mm-hmm. in that cultural context, you were expected to know and be able to honor them. And so the whole new role of doing it, so there you're in one culture and then in another culture, how is that expressed? We don't have those rituals in whatever mm-hmm. it is we're trying to create in this world now. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's the first time that's happened. Mm-hmm. 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 Can you say a little more about that? Um, it was very interesting. I don't usually share this level of stuff, but yeah, I felt uh, like I wanted to hear. Yeah, so I was told it's a, they're telling me it's okay to talk about it. So I was told by my spirit guides when there was some some conflict. Um, with a specific culture, they were like, "We, you belong to us. Mm-hmm. We have work for you. Mm-hmm. We were here before they came, mm-hmm. and we will be here after they have gone. Oh. We have work for you. Mm-hmm. So I was like, then please teach me how to do it. <laughs> oh. So that there are connections with them that are possible outside of the specific cultural contexts. And how do we do that respectfully, respecting the culture and respecting the Cotomble and what they have to say? So I think. Yes. But that took me asking them for that information because my experience is that they're a little dismissive of the intricacies of human culture. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice way to say it. That's a nice way to say it. Okay. This reminds me of, okay. So, all right. Okay. The Kuntonle, all right. Okay. They're telling me many things at once. Okay. The Kuntanle, all right, they come from they come from the stars. Yeah, they come from the stars and they come through elements. You know, they come through uh, like mountains and trees and caves and um, sometimes water, you know. So sometimes people call them elemental beings because they, you know, they come through the portals of these um, elements. They were telling me recently they want a series of um, rituals at ancient trees. So um, the first one will likely happen in August of next year and will, you know, converge at an ancient tree that I've heard about that's in Washington. And... I'm basically just following Quintumley's guidance on all of this. And, you know, they're asking people to gather there and it'll likely be a two day ritual connecting with this ancient tree and seeing, you know, what messages are wanting to come through. Um, And then there's, and, and so we're also wanting to understand who the native people are there Mm -hmm. and, and, and respect, you know, respectfully approach the land there and the people there, the guardians there, and ask permission, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. ask permission and also respect the little people that, that 
the, the little people of that region because mm -hmm. they're okay. they are different in different regions so there's a whole process that we're you know kind of going into to honor 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 the land that we're walking on and honor the beings and honor you know to try to do it as respectfully as possible it's very beautiful thank you um yeah yeah and i feel like i don't know i guess i have I haven't, you asked about the bridge and I've, and I've kind of touched on it a little bit and I haven't totally expressed how they come through. So I've, you know, said that they come through in their language, in their language or in their tongue. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And sometimes that's how or why it can be a shocking experience for somebody who's, who's on the uh, receiving end of it. Mm -hmm. um, well, you and I have worked together before. Um, how was it for you? Uh, it was very tender. Tender. Because it's not unusual for me. And so one of the things about having lived in different cultures, when you started talking about when they, when they came to you and started you started talking about the little people and you have, you said, so I have heard, so I have heard. There's a whole different linguistic structure in how this information gets communicated because it's not, um, it's not language dependent and it's not, in my experience, it's not, especially not English because English is subject verb object, which has very little to do with my understanding of reality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was very, um, it struck me as being very magical and very sacred. But I think mm -hmm. to people who are not comfortable with new experiences or aware of the range of reality, it, it can be disconcerting, especially if they're trying to understand with their rational mind. Mm -hmm which is going back to the culture that said, this doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But I feel very honored that mm -hmm. they actually talk through you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I feel... Um, I feel I feel honored that they're willing to uh, to talk to talk through me as well because um, that's showing their uh, their trust mm -hmm. um, and what I've experienced of the Kantonle is they are to be perfectly honest they're they're apprehensive of like modern humans um, they're very you know I feel like that's why they don't show themselves oftentimes to modern humans is they're very apprehensive because what they say to me is they say um we're we're very grabby we're very grabby creatures <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as humans i don't exclude myself from that i'm also quite grabby yeah. <laughs> it can be grabby too they're just you know they, they give me some leeway <laughs> <laughs> to be grabby now and then <laughs> but um 
but yeah, it's, I feel honored that they, you know, that they show up and that they're willing to, um, to, I feel, you know, bless me in that way because I feel, I feel blessed through the process and I feel like, um, you know, I'm able to experience a whole new reality every time I go into that space with them and just to, I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, so I'll attempt to explain. So basically, yeah, the Kuntumle, they I keep touching at this. They communicate through in their mother tongue or in their native tongue. And that process, uh, well, okay, so it sounds high-pitched. It has this high-pitched quality to it. And um, a very kind of like a speedy frequency or, uh, yeah, I want to say like a speedy frequency. And, um, and the, the process, sometimes people ask me like, how, you know, how, how did it get to the point where I'm able to, to do, to do that, to like, to be that channel or voice. And, um, it was, it was a process for sure. I would say, um, I would call that an initiation for sure that started in Africa mm-hmm. and, um, and I worked with the, the diviners there and they, gave me herbs, you know, to put on myself and I would wrap myself in like white cloth every night. And I had these, have, have these bells that, that I'd ring their call to the consumly. And there wasn't really like a guidebook or anything. It was just like, just work with the medicine, you know? And so I did daily, um, put the medicine on and, you know, I went into this process daily and then when I would be in ritual space or when I'd be connecting with spirit, these shrilly sounds started coming out of my throat, really disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> sounds. Luckily, I, I shared a house with a woman who also did healing work and did spiritual work. So I would go in the kitchen and apologize to her. <laughs> she was like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> Luckily, there was some, you know, some, it was okay in that space, but these very disturbing, you know, like shrilly, like, you know, sounds were coming out. And this was, you know, this was a process. It was like months and months and months. And they were, now I understand they were basically working my vocal cords, um, preparing, basically preparing me to, to, so that they were able to, to talk, communicate through in their language and um, and finally, finally, they stretched my vocal cords enough that they were able to like the language. The language happened, and that was surely I could feel it. That was definitely their language. That's them talking. And and then there, you know, and then it took a little bit of time still to be able to understand what they were saying. You know, I could the language was coming through, and it took some time. And there was a moment that felt like a, a switch turned on or the light switch you know turned on and all of a sudden I could understand what they were saying and so they would talk through me the language would come through and then all of a sudden I was like oh oh shoot okay you're saying and I would say it back to them and if I got it right they were like yes you know like geez what took you so long (laughs) (laughs) god yeah I'm slow I guess (laughs) and then um and then if I got anything incorrect, they would be sure to say, no, that's not what we're saying. And, you know, and 
So in my experience in the Kuntunle, they're very, they're teachers of, you know, precision. They like, they, they want things to be precise. You know, they don't let me cut corners or anything like that. And so when they're communicating through me to another person in a session, um, they'll make sure that every, every word, the way that I translate it is just how they meant it, you know, precise. And, and then sometimes I'll go back and I'll listen to what they've shared, sometimes with a group, and I'll think that it's funny wording. Like, why did they say it like that? That's interesting wording. And then when I spend some time with the wording, I realize, oh, 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 okay, that, oh, wow, okay, that's kind of deep. And even though they'll seem like very simple words, um, it works. You know, there were speaking to a group one time, um, it was a ceremony and they were bringing through messages for the group and they were saying over and over, play is pray and pray is play. They kept saying that over and over, play is pray and pray is play. And their whole message, that kind of session was about, you know, that spiritual work doesn't have to be so grueling and it doesn't have to feel like you're getting singed. You know, it doesn't have to be so painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was their specific message to that group. And so they kept saying, like, play is pray and pray is play. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. And it kind of works. Well, and reflects a very different understanding of our relationship to beings we pray to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interested in our joy, but yeah, the the issue of language is very interesting, and I find it fascinating because they're speaking in their language and getting you to translate it and getting it accurate, and mm. it's really fabulous. Mm. Do you work with language a lot? I mean, I, I yeah. Do you study language? I study how people talk and what people say a lot, and how do you say things because. Um, because my because my way of hearing them is nonverbal. Mm, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Right. Does it does it come to you through like well direct experience, just feeling? Yeah, through through I don't know how else to call it. Live through knowing knowingness so they, and then you like struggle to to bring it into focus right. and then I struggle to bring it into focus right. or I struggle to put it into language sometimes and other times um really struggle to know it without putting it into language right 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 I like I like what you say too that direct know you know that inner knowing that that quality Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've, I've had the pleasure of experiencing it only a couple times where something goes directly into my inner knowing. I feel like it's only just happened a couple times, but, and I, and I feel that with you. I feel that, that so it's, it's so beautiful to be connected in that way where it just, and it's, and it's so different from, you know, like the, like the know-it-all energy or I know that's a completely different thing when it goes directly into your inner knowing and you just know, like you know from the inside. And that's, that's, that's wonderful that you're connected in that way. Uh, yeah, it took me a while to understand, to, 
um, not everybody gets those regular downloads with orders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen with everybody. <laughs> Here, this is what you're doing next. I was like, oh. no, it doesn't. <laughs> you're a potent woman for sure. Um, you know, and it's something I want to say too when you're talking about living your bliss and, you know, this kind of people, yeah, it's touching on people's path, their individual and their unique paths and their purpose. And something I will say that I totally, I, it's one of my favorite things about working with people is when people are wanting to look at their, their life's path or their life's purpose or that sort of stuff, I find so exciting to look at their unique gifts and everything because, okay, clearly we're limited in our human capacity. You know, I always say like, you know, our eyes are too small. <laughs> we have small eyes as humans. We have very little eyes. Spirit's eyes are much bigger than ours. And, and it can be humbling and it can also be relieving too. We don't have to have it all figured out. And there are these greater pools of wisdom, these greater sources of knowledge on the other side, spirit, you know, call it great spirit, call it contemple, call it angel, you know, whomever we work with that seem to have, a, you know, have a way of looking into our soul and, um, knowing what the heck we're doing here when we ourselves so easily forget what we're doing here. It's so easy to forget what we're doing here. Yes. Yes. You to get you caught get up caught in the up. grabbiness. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Acquiring and yeah. Ownership and yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned that you, that you do other, other kinds, kinds of divination. So do you want to talk about talk those a little bit? Sure. Um, yeah, so I mentioned a little bit the the stick stick divining and that's that's one way that's one way I divine also that essentially it's it's interesting in, in the spirits they taught me how to well let me let me be clear contemple mm -hmm. <laughs> let it be known contemple taught me <laughs> um uh so it's interesting it's a, like a small stick that i work with and they basically use it like um like a pen so my eyes are closed when i'm divining in this way and they'll they'll write the first letter of every word. So if they're saying, you know, Nika is connected to spirit, that, that would be N-I-C-T-S. Mm -hmm. And so my eyes are closed. I have the stick and it's kind of being used like a pen. And they're, and they're, that's how they open up my channels. So while they're writing the first letter of every word, the, the words will start going across my mind's eye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that's, when I'm divining in that way, usually that's how I'll start to connect more, you know, when somebody is wanting to talk directly to their ancestors and that's really the focus of the session is they want to talk to, you know, a very specific loved one on the other side or something like that. So, um, so it basically happens through, through stick divining and, um, yeah, yeah. And that, 
yeah, the stick divining and then also, you know, working with the ancestors. I, I'm mostly doing both, yeah, through the working directly with the stick. And that is, and I, that can be, I feel, much uh, gentler in ways for sure. You know, it's, it's a gentler process um, where it's more like, you know, I'm talking, you're talking. It's It's not feeling too you know, jolting to or confronting to the Western psyche, I don't think. That's wonderful because I think that sometimes there's a stage where the, the gentle invitation is really important to people to build the connection. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm a yeah. Learning, learning, learning as I go along for sure. Well, I think that that's true the whole time that that anyone does this practice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it's a constant learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you and I had talked about this the other day too, Nika. Is something I would like to touch on too. That is, um, it is a constant learning, and also my personal approach to it too is to always be engaged in my own personal healing mm-hmm. um, in whatever form that takes at the time. You know, you and I had talked about like shadow work and things like that. Yes. And we're, you know, constantly um, working my own healing as a, you know, as a fragile human being who, who has, you know, who experiences it all, you know, who experiences like jealousy, envy, anger, like all these things that qualities that you and I had talked about and to just, you know, keep working my side of things too, you know, so that hopefully the channel can be as clear as possible. Yeah, I think that's very true that in order to communicate clearly, we have to be so clean ourselves and really, always look and and you know come into i think that's part of the whole role of ceremony and ritualizing is to bring your best self mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and to consciously know that um medicine time is not a time to be acting out of anger or envy or smallness mm-hmm. um, and that is how we we stumble in the world is when we we allow that part of the human I think that there's a whole interesting thing about the human experience and we allow that part of the human experience to dominate Mm. as opposed to the fabulous creative energy that lives in flow Mm -hmm. yeah yeah an approach I take also is and something I'm so fond of is just sheer vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, with the way that I approach whenever I'm working with groups or going into ritual space and everything, I'll almost like you know give that disclaimer when I'm talking to people before working together is to say you know I really welcome vulnerability and you know really invite that energy in um, because I feel like that's a way that it's just you know it's acknowledging our humanity and also um i feel like it's a way of exorcising the community shadow Mm -hmm. makes sense 
Yes. That we keep exorcising it to say, I'm really scared right now. You know, I feel uh-huh. so nervous. I mean, that's not my personal experience right now, but to have space to say that, like, oh, I feel very inadequate or whatever, you know, that it's just, we, I mean, do we not all experience that? Some, I mean, maybe regularly, you know, feelings of yeah. inadequacy or feelings of, you know, envy or you have something that I want or whatever, you know, it's like our human experience, but to be able to, bring that to the table and to bring that to the table with spirit, you know, to say, you know, here we are in our like naked selves, um, being, being honest, really being honest about what's really going on. And I feel like that, um, that can continue to like mulch those energies lest they become, uh, a, a very present, energy in the space that's so beautifully put thank you thank you and i've been so touched by people you know they'll show up and they're you know in their grief and they're you know and people really really getting raw together and i feel like um we can go that much deeper with spirit when we're just you know peeling away you know taking off our masks and you know, letting the layers fall away and fall away and falling away and loving each other through it. It's like, I will still love you. You know, I'll still love you. You can tell me all these parts about yourself and I'll still love you because I have those parts too. And, you know, and I'm showing up as like a hobbling, you know, hobbled, you know, human being. I'm not somebody who has it together. at all <laughs> well and that we share that and are compassionate instead of turning on each other is so powerful yeah we like can just love each other through it we can yeah. totally love each other through it and I think that's a choice and it's a choice we make in every moment mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I feel that those places very often when the jealousy or the envy or the feeling excluded shows up it's parts of ourselves that don't feel loved. Right. And I often offer those up to, to the spirit. Right, to, right. To versions of the contemplé to, um, to say, here's a part of me that, that needs healing. It needs love. Yes, yes. Part of us that needs love. And, and, when, and it's, a, it's taking a risk, you know, it's for sure taking a risk to bring those you know, to the table, so to speak, in community, because we could get rejected again, and it could feel, you know, as painful as the first time it happened. Yeah. It's taking a risk, for sure. You know, we take a risk each time, but it's so beautiful when people in community collectively are willing to take that risk and just love each other, love each other through it. So it can be really, really a, a profound healing for everybody present, you know, that we can accept each other and love each other in our humanity. Yes. Because that's the given in this life. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 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 We're these curious creatures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're very curious creatures, aren't we? <laughs> we are, both in, both in all the definitions of that word. <laughs> We really are so curious, aren't we? <laughs> we are, we are, we are. Um, 
So I know that you experience being challenged and corrected. But do you also feel being loved by the by them, by the contemplé? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that feeling? Because I think that that's such a healing, uh, I don't even, not experience, but beingness. Or, yeah. I don't know how to say that. Oh, yeah, it melts my heart just to feel into the energy. It could make me weep just feeling into it. I know they love me so much, and I love them so much. We, um, yeah, they source, they source from love for sure. They source from love for sure. So even within the lessons and the learning and everything, there's such profound love behind all of that. And I don't have to, you know, feel too deeply in to, to feel that, oh, it's, it's heart melting, heart melting kind of love. And, um, yeah, I, just, it, you know, like I said, if I really allow myself to feel a little more deeply into the energy right now, I would, I would just start weeping. Mm. Um, it's really, really, really precious. Um, yeah, they, they source from love for sure. And they have such love for humanity. Really, they do. And they have, you know, even more than humanity they have such love for the earth they have such love for the earth and they have such love for um for the beings of the earth and they love the earth so much and a lot of the guidance and um uh yeah the guidance that they bring me especially lately is is in service to the earth really um so yeah, and they and they love they love people. They absolutely yeah they 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 source from love for sure. And that's a wonderful place to have your guidance from. Mhm, 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 mhm. And they're fun too. <laughs> they are. Too. <laughs> they, I have a good time with them because they make me laugh. They're really funny. A lot of times they're really funny. Um, they'll crack me up, and sometimes they crack themselves up too. <laughs> you know, sometimes they're laughing at themselves, and you know, the other person on the receiving end is just not even knowing what's going on because we're just laughing hysterically. <laughs> They're they're fun. They they live in joy. And you know, I think if I remember correctly, I heard Maladoma talk about the contum well, he talks about the contumely a lot in his books and um in various ways. And if I remember correctly, he was saying that uh much of the joy much of the joy of his people is attributed to the contumely. Yeah, the contemplate. It's a joyful, it's a very joyful energy. And when I feel like, um, yeah, I had the pleasure of working with an awesome contemplate woman the last time when I was in Africa. And she, to me, was just the epitome, the epitome of really healthy contemplate energy that she was so sweet and so loving, and so sweet and so loving and just in that like, 
sweetest, like honey, honey, loving energy. And, you know, where it just comes through the eyes and just, you know, kind of welcome me like family. And, you know, she was in there singing and singing the songs and playing the music for Contemple. And it was such precious, just beautiful, beautiful, loving energy and so joyful. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like, you know, feeling like getting cradled in the mother's arms or something just, you know, where you kind of want to hang out there for a long time. Yeah, my grandfather always used to say when he saw people being erroneous in their, in their life path, Mm. oh, those poor people. They don't know any better. It's up to us to show them the right way. Oh, that's lovely. And I just thought that was such a beautiful approach. And when you... Go ahead. Oh, no, please. I was just saying that's lovely. And when you were talking about her, I thought, what a fabulous mentor and model of how to be in the world. Oh, yeah. And to see somebody, to be physically present in the field of someone who lives from that space such an honor and for us to try and touch back into that and manifest it when we're most scared or most unsure oh yeah yeah it was beautiful and something that was also beautiful to me there in that village was um they um she and these other women there and some children they were uh there were a lot of women in the village uh they were it was basically like all day it seemed like that they were in preparation creating this meal who was the meal for contomle the whole thing was for contomle really really beautiful so touching this delicious and they were all preparing it together it was for contomle that is so beautiful really touching What a beautiful image. So we're coming near the end of our time, Liv. So if you would like to give out your website and talk about any upcoming events and how people can find you, that would be really wonderful. Sure, sure, definitely. Okay, so my website is ancestorbridge.com. Yeah, just like that, ancestorbridge.com. And, yeah, I have some different events coming up. in Florida, in Florida, um, in the middle of January, I have a, a women's retreat, a women's ritual retreat that's happening in High Springs, Florida, um, January 1st and 2nd. There's a retreat, another women's retreat happening in Mississippi that's, uh, you know, yoga, meditation, some spiritual nourishment. And let's see, what else do I have coming up? There's another women's um, ritual retreat happening in High Springs, Florida, again in mid-February, that I'm collaborating with a woman named Dr. Kat Coder, Kat Coder. And then coming up after that, let's see, there's going to be an ancestralization in 
um, in Vermont in May, and there's going to be an ancestralization in Oregon in July. There's other things too. They can find it on the website. There's lots of good things brewing. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. And I'd just like to take a moment to thank the Contemplé for honoring us with their presence today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, they appreciate that for sure. That's nice. Thank you, Nika. Thank you for taking the time. And thank you for, um, for your medicine and your wisdom that you just so clearly walk with and, and be. You are that. It's, it's an honor to know you. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you for what you do here. It's a, it's a great work. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.